0: Welcome to this is your book club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. How are you doing? It's a good week. Good. Right? Yeah. Talking
1: about some books. I got some
0: good got ones to talk, to talk about. about.
1: Same. And the sun is starting to shine. Ah. Uh, we so might lovely. just get spring.
0: Grateful for daylight savings. Maybe saved my life. <sighs>
1: Um, I have mixed feelings about that. Are you not liking the dark in the morning? It, it's less, I don't know what it is. I just did not. I know we get an extra hour, but I feel like we in my head. We lost an hour. Because we spring forward, so we lost an we hour. We lost an hour. See, I had to, Are you I had feeling to be it? somewhere Sunday morning at 7.15. Ew. That did not so feel So you good. really got a little bit of sleep. I don't usually wake up that early on a Sunday no no and my sleep's been crap lately we'll just leave it there so what's the deal i just want to sleep through the night please please if you have any suggestions i'm desperate i would love to sleep through the night you can get to sleep i fall asleep it takes about an hour but that's okay that doesn't bother me i can fall asleep and then about two hours later i'm awake and then i can
0: bright-eyed yep
1: hi hi time ready for the world Yep. And nothing's going on at that time. Nope.
0: But I almost
1: think in a way my body is craving that, to be awake in silence. Alone. Alone. Like some peaceful, Mm -hmm. nothing is required of you. Nothing. Time. I can do whatever I want in that time, but I really want to (laughs) sleep. Come on, body. But my body disagrees. They're like, this is such a beautiful time of day. Nobody is making noise. No. Nobody needs anything. You're like, check it out. Wake up. Check oh, yeah. it out. Come check out what this is like. No, thank you. No, thank you. Shoot. I deny this. <laughs> I'd like to deny oh. that this is happening. I reject my brain telling me I should be awake. I have no tips, actually. I'm sitting here going, like, what, you what sleep did you do? Well.
0: I mean, not always. I'll be, I'll have like maybe a restless sleep. Mm-hmm. But rarely am I like awake. Yeah, you know, I might wake up and then back to sleep, and wake up and back to sleep for a short amount of time. Yeah, so that's hard.
1: I yeah. Anyway, I'd like to sleep someday. Send your tips uh, to (laughs) Jamie, and we'll help her get to sleep. Thank you for this sleep podcast (laughs) information.
0: Right, you never know. But it gives me the
1: best idea. It gives me extra time to listen to books. That's true. And I do,
0: so. You'll just pop your headphones in? Uh-huh. I do. And then I'll Does do Does it a little... help you fall asleep? Um, no.
1: No. <laughs> Shoot. Headphones in, listening, playing a little game on my phone, and it takes about two hours, and then I'm ready to go to sleep. Do you get tired when you read? Like, when you would read the book? Yes, that would be- Tiring, so I should probably try that.
0: Just an idea, because that puts me That's a to good sleep. Suggestion. Like if I read yeah. at night, I like to read at night. I usually have a limit though, because right. I get tired. Because your
1: eyes get tired and it. Just it's about- quiet.
0: It is quiet.
1: So I'll try that, and I'll get back with you.
0: I would love to hear. Update Kay. me. Okay. But for here and today, do you have a fun fact first, Jamie?
1: I do. Sweet. Jojo Moyes. Um, I. I don't. I've read the book, and so I'm trying to. We've both read it now. We finished it, but we have not recorded yet our episode on it. So it's hard to separate out my brain from what I know of the book and just giving you some fun facts about JoJo. So yes, I'm going to try here to not intertwine the two. Um, there is an element of psychotherapy in the book. This is a question that was asked her in an interview. This is on the WashingtonPost.com. And with one of the characters who is struggling with the death of a parent. And this comes out fairly soon in the book. Yes. Yep. And I won't say anything more about that. Um, But she, the question is like, that's the question. Like, why did you feel like this was needed in the book? And it's not a main character, not main, main, but. But an important character. An important character. Yeah. And she, her response was, I wanted you to think this guy needs to kick himself up the backside and get on with it. Yep. I felt Which that way. Is exactly. But you start to understand that his just showing up is the bravest thing. When my mom was dying, and so it talks in the last couple of years, um, Jojo herself has gone through a divorce. Her mom is dying of blood cancer. Um And she has experienced herself some severe depression and anxiety and um, really, really struggled around when she was writing this book. Or she was going to take the year off. And this is the book that ended up coming from this time. Um, So she says, when my mom was dying and I was agonizing over not having done enough, someone said, it's an intolerable situation. And you showed up every day and that's love. It completely reframed it. Um, I love that. She wanted to add an aspect of that in. I love when she says, just showing up is the bravest thing. And it totally kind of my mindset on this character, because you do it. I get his wife's frustration. Yep. Oh, what a frustration it would be. Yep. But thinking, you know, he's showing up every day. And that might be all he can do is just surviving and showing up. Yeah. Um. And then she also says something about how she specifically wanted a character because she thinks it's important to talk about mental health mm-hmm. and especially share her story with her mental health because it kicked her in the butt. Um. But that she, not enough men talk about mental health. And so she was very specific in writing this as a male character that who is suffering needed. with some mental health mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. So.
0: I loved it. Yeah. I I thought it was super honest. It felt very realistic. Mm-hmm. I my heart broke for all the people involved in that situation. Like
1: it was just hard. Yeah. It was yeah. very hard, and I very hard with no. Immediate solution. No. Sometimes these hard things take a long time, and we want to fix and solve. That's our human nature, yes. I think, is to fix problems, and sometimes that can't just happen overnight. Yes. And it's more than what we can fix. Totally. So anyway, it's a good book. I like it is really good. I will say that I yeah, liked it. It's a good one. We'll talk next Not week. That we'll we'll chat. Give too
0: much about it. Yeah. Okay. But today, yes. today,
1: Let's it's what's on your
0: shelf. More books. What you got, Jamie?
1: I read Fatty, Fatty Boom Boom. Have you heard <laughs> of this story? No. I mean, it's kind of a kind of a fun title, clever, it kind of rolls off your tongue, but it's a memoir of food, fat, and family. And so it's written by Rabia Chaudhry, and it is um, the story of her life. And she is... She was born in Pakistan. Her family's of Pakistani descent. And when she was two, they moved to the United States. And she was not like the rest of her family. She was always bigger. She was a chubby toddler that continued as a chubby child through childhood and adolescence. And as an adult, she just had a different body type than the rest of her family. And on top of that, she loved food. She loves food and there was never a limit to food. And she obsessed about food and the title of this book, fatty, fatty boom, boom is from when she went back to Pakistan to meet family. And they in all lovingness were awful, but like, what did you do to this child? What did you feed her? Because she was so large when she returned even larger. And it, like baffled the family and some of her cousins called her fatty, fatty, boom, boom, that that was her nickname. And so, um, she spent her entire life with this family that out of love was trying to help her, but in the least helpful way and the least (laughs) kind comments about her body. And it kind of just fed and the society we live in kind of just fed this constant dieting, constant trying to work out, constant hatred of her body. And it it goes through her journey of all the different diets and all the different things she tried to do and then to just ignore it and do nothing. And um I, it was honest. It was open. And I've been there. I could see all. Like, I'm like, yeah, that diet too. Yep, CrossFit. Yep, like all the things. Check them off the list. So... I really enjoyed it, and I, I love a good memoir, and this one is right up there. I gave it four stars. Awesome. Fatty, Fatty Boom Boom by Rabia Shadri. I love that. She has a great life story. Yeah. Yeah. She, I just looked her picture up. She's beautiful. Yeah, she is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. I cool. agree. Yeah, it was a good one. Awesome. Okay. Um,
0: the first book I'm going to talk about today is The Night Traveler's by Armando Lucas Correa. Correa. Huh. I have probably butchered that. I apologize. Um, beautiful cover. Ooh, yes. It's like a lighthouse, although there is no lighthouse in the story, in case you're wondering.
1: So, after reading the story, though, do you see why the cover <laughs> looks like that? Did it, does it match? I hate when a cover doesn't match no, the story. It, it doesn't. doesn't. I mean, you I don't could see, see if
0: you really got metaphorical. Okay. Um, it is beautiful though.
1: It's beautiful, <laughs> but beautiful maybe cover. not really a great connection to the story. Yes, I would say okay. that. This is
0: a new book. It just came out in January of this year. Um, I saw it on a few lists, mm-hmm. and I actually think it was um a book like book of the month book, okay. which is actually where yeah, I saw it. Where you saw it. Um this is the story of it's a generational story. That starts with a girl pre World War II, um, maybe the end of World War I. And she lives in Germany. She falls in love with a black man who is a member of a band, and they fall in love. Um, she gets pregnant. He has to leave Germany because mm-hmm. he's not pure. He is black. So he has to leave. And she and her parents disown her. Because she's brought disgrace to the family name. So she ends up raising this baby on her own. But because of all the things happening in Germany, she's got this half black daughter. Mm-hmm. She has to keep her hidden. And so you kind of follow her story. And as they try to figure out how best to um, protect this child, how do we do it? And you, so it kind of jumps. So you're first following this woman and then at the story fall. Fo- jumps and connects to the daughter and you follow her for a while. You don't know what happened to mm-hmm. her mom after that. And you're following her until a certain point, And then it jumps to her child and you follow her child for a while, not knowing what's happening to her mom. And then anyway, by the end it does come full circle and you learn, you end up at the end seeing the grand picture and the large picture about how they all fit together. And it was really, the wrap up was really, really well done. It is like generational story and it spans the globe. Like you're starting in Germany, they go to Cuba, they go to America, they're back to wow. Germany. I mean, it is crazy. All the places and and the distance that is created between family and then the importance of family history, yeah, and um, the the meaning that we have from our ancestors and what that gives us. It's it's a beautiful story. It's a sad story. There's a lot of parts that are really sad, and then there's parts that are quite inspiring. Um, it's and it's more than just. World War II. I think we've we've had lots of conversations about yeah. how I sometimes get bogged down with World War II stories. I've read a lot. This felt like, yes, it was that time period, but it was really about the people mm-hmm. um, more than anything that was happening in, with the war. Yeah, um, A little bit of genocide, not genocide, but like where you maybe – the things that they do to you if you are considered impure, like at the hospital, they might – Not allow you, sterilize you so you can't have children. Um, Like maybe you're fit to live, but you're not fit to procreate. Uh, You know, just different things like that. So it touches on that, but it's a small part of the story. It's such a large grand story. It was great. I gave it four stars. And
1: it's called The
0: Night Travelers.
1: Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. My next one would be uh, Juvenile Fiction. It's called Tangerine. Have you heard of it? That sounds very familiar. It's by Edward Bloor. And it is the story of a family that has just relocated for the dad's job to Florida. So totally new community. The older brother is like a big time football star in high school. And that he is like the apple of his dad's eyes. Like football is everything. Him being the star football player, him getting scholarships and playing in college. Dad is completely wrapped up, doesn't miss a game. Okay. And then there's a younger brother. And the younger brother plays soccer. He does not play football. Um, he is not blind, but he can't see is how they explain it. Oh. Like, he can somewhat see. He plays soccer. He has these glasses, kind of like bug-eye glasses. There's not a lot of peripheral vision. But he can see enough to, he goes to school, he reads, he plays soccer, you know, all the, it doesn't hold him back from things he wants to do. Okay. At this new school though, he wants to play in the soccer team and for reasons that come up, he is unable to. And all these things happen. This is like a, a new community that maybe wasn't well thought out when built. And so things are ha- things are not great and things are popping up like, Maybe we built over a foundation that we shouldn't have, and you know, mm. lots of environmental things going on around them. So that's going on in the background. Now, is it very realistic? No, no, <laughs> these, this is like this many things happening to one community is a bit crazy. But I really liked, um, this younger brother that the story is about. His name's Paul, and he decides to go to the different school, um, so he could play soccer. Okay. And he's feeling like he is completely ignored by his family, which he is. His older brother's a total jerk. He is like your typical jock, picks on people, does things to other people, and he sees it, but his parents don't see that his brother could ever do anything wrong. mm and nor does he does Paul feel like he'd ever be listened to if he pointed it out to his parents. So he doesn't say anything. And yet all these things are going on. And how much is he willing to take? I'm gonna leave it there. Okay. I think if you read Restart, do you
0: oh, remember yes. the book Restart? I love
1: that book. Gordon Corman. Is yep. that who the author is on that one? Um, very similar. I think Gordon Corman's books are a little, slightly a little bit better. Okay. But I think just because they're definitely, there's more realisticness. Like I looked at this and there is some, it's fiction. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. fictional. Mm-hmm. But still a good lesson to learn from it. You could read it with your teenagers um, and and get some good lessons out of it. I really enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. Awesome. Tangerine. Tangerine. Which is the town they live in. I want to live in Tangerine. No, it's kind of a fun name, huh? It's totally
0: fun. It reminds me a name on this is totally off topic. (laughs) Great. A name on my list for when I had my last baby was a girl was Uh Clementine. And why did you not use
1: that? Is that the cutest? It's like a same similar, like, well, have you read the book Clementine? No. Oh, Sarah, read it with Reese. You still have littles? Yes. That would really, and you're, like I put it on in my car when we listen to it, mostly for Ava, cause she picked it out. It's kind of like a Junie B. Jones. Yeah. Early chapter book. So simple read. Yeah. Clementine is the funniest little girl. She, oh. her brother's name is not like a, um, food item. And that bothers her that she's named after a food item and he's not. So throughout the book, and there's a, it's a series. There's a couple books. She calls him like, Asparagus, Brussels sprout, and it's just like when Brussels sprout came in and blah, blah, like it just I is love it randomly so much. put in. It's the cutest Well, it kind of series. feels, right? Yeah, I like Clementine. See, I was talking about books. Yeah, you, you need to read Clementine.
0: I love that. I'll have to. Okay. Okay. On but, to the next. Um, The next book I'm going to talk about that I've recently read is called we are the light by matthew quick this has another really pretty cover mm-hmm. um it's like old town like an old town's main like main street. street in a yeah with their movie theater the majestic of course um is on the cover and this is the story of a man named lucas he is all, the whole story start to finish is him writing letters to his therapist who, for whatever reason, we're, you're unsure at first why has stopped therapy sessions with him. And that is, he doesn't like that. And he feels like it's important that they continue because they were doing important work. And so he's basically just reporting to his therapist things that have happened. Since they've met last, and mm-hmm. how he's processing them, things that he's trying to implement from their past sessions, sessions. that he was okay. taught, and so
1: therapist is not responding. This no. is all one-sided letters,
0: it's all one-sided, okay. and he'll often say like, "I'm not sure why you haven't written me back yet. Okay. Um, I thought you would have written me by now." Um, things like that, but at first, I I don't even remember how this one ended up on my radar. Um and I just it became available from a hold and I jumped right into it and started reading. Didn't know what it was about, so it I do feel like everyone should know. It mm-hmm. is about a mass shooting. It's okay. It's the after effects. There is no real details of the shooting. It's hap- it's all that's happening after this community has suffered this tragedy. Mm-hmm. And um, how did they recover? How did they cope? How did they? managed to heal and he was present at the time of the mass shooting and so he's processing himself he lost his wife in this tragedy and so he's dealing with the loss of his beloved wife um anyway it's it's actually I loved the format of it I loved that it was letters I love that he's like talking about what he how he's moving forward Mm -hmm. how he feels like he's dealing with it compared to other people that he from his point of view or how they're dealing with it it was i liked that aspect of it a part of it it is a sad sad topic so there's sad things happening and i was very confused i'm like why wouldn't his therapist want to work with him so there's that side of it um and it was good i gave it four stars it's just, it's a hard topic. A
1: hard so point. I just felt yeah. like, you know, That's there should heavy. be
0: like a red flag saying, hey, just in case you
1: right. should know what you're jumping into. these days into. where this is happening more and more often, and so it's mm-hmm. affecting a lot more people. But it's a topic yeah. that we do need to continually address. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, and this doesn't give like, it doesn't go into like why it happened, mm-hmm. how it happened, or anything. It's really about healing.
1: Healing afterwards.
0: And how... They, this smaller community uh-huh. was able to heal. Okay. And so I, I actually appreciated that we could focus on that, on that part, part of it. it and
1: not the devastatingly it's gruesome devastating. act. Yeah.
0: That might be for a different book. Yeah. It's not this one. Not this one. Yeah. Okay. It's called Fair. We Are the Light.
1: All right. My last one today is The Absolutely True Diary of a Part Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. This would be another um, juvenile fiction. I I actually picked this one to read with my kids and my niece and nephew. For I forced them to do talk books with me. <laughs> and so this was the book I told them to read so we could talk about it. Now, did any of them read it? That is to be debated. But I did. And we did have some, Whether some of them read it, some of them didn't. But we had some really, really good discussions about... Native Americans, and their history in, a, in the United States, in the new country that they had before and were pushed out of, um, reservations, how those are set up, and what what is really happening modern day on a reservation. Um, really, really good eye opening discussions. Now, Sherman Alexie, the author, this is partly true stories of his life. Okay. So some of them might be a little bit fabricated, but um but a lot of his own experiences growing up. So he grew up on the Spokane Indian Reservation and um not quite sure he could see a future for himself if he stayed on the reservation and on the schools on the reservation. He decided, which was not heard of, nobody else did this to leave the reservation and attend a all white school in a small farm town um, where the only other native American was their mascot. Oh. So that's, he's decided that this is not an easy thing to do, but he feels like it's the only way to see a future for himself because he's seeing what's happening on the reservation mm-hmm. and he's seeing the generations of graduates or Dropouts from his school and, um, and what is happening to over and over again to people he knows and loves. And so he decides that even though this might be hard and yeah, he doesn't fit in. And yeah, it's 22 miles from the reservation and his parents don't often have money to put gas in the car to drive him. So oftentimes he walks to and from school. How many miles? 22 miles. Oh, my gosh.
0: How long would that even take? That would take you
1: all day. Well, maybe it was a... Well, now I'm questioning myself. Maybe it was a 22-minute drive. Okay. Which still makes... That's a long walk. A long walk. I think he said it was like two hours to walk. I believe So a 22-minute drive. Sorry. sorry. Don't take any of my facts on that. (laughs) 22 (laughs) was the number. The distance is to be determined. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. But he was often walking to school or picking up rides from people coming and going, kind of hitchhiking. Or not necessarily hitchhiking, but people coming to and from the reservation as they saw him would pick him up and drive him in or drive him back. So um, what I really loved about this, a lot of really good discussions and eye-opening. It's funny, even though these are awful things that are happening, yeah. and this is really sad and a totally different life that's hard to even imagine. It's funny too, like, yeah. and there's, he's a cartoonist. And so there are cartoons in the book. So I don't know which to recommend more. I bought the book okay, and I checked the audiobook out from the library because the book has fantastic cartoons. Like you have to see the awesome. pages in the book because it just, like as they're describing what he looks like, on the reservation and what he looks like off the reservation or stuff. There's the pictures that go with it are just, they're funny. They just, they paint a whole nother picture to the story. They add so much to the story. But the audiobook is read by the author. Yeah. And he does such a good job. Reading it. Like, it's a really fun listen. So I think you should do both. That is Check it out from the library. There was zero weight on it. Awesome. So I got it immediately. I had the book and I kind of followed along in the book and listened as I was looking at the pictures. I loved it. I gave it five stars. That's awesome. I think it's one of those books that everyone should read and just be thinking about the reservations and what... What has happened to them, right? And they need it. There needs to be change. There needs to be change for these these kids that are growing up with this. Anyway, I from a funny, not too heavy point, a very heavy subject: the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian.
0: Um, the last book I'm going to talk about today is the ride of a lifetime. Lessons learned from fifteen years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company by Roger Robert Iger. He okay. is actually now since he's written this, I think he's even back. Like he retired and then they brought him back. Oh, so I think he currently is still still writing there. Oh, like he's this acting CEO. CEO. Okay. Um, this really is. It's like it's a memoir of his career journey. Mm -hmm. Um, he talks about a little bit about like what his home life was like and what he came from. Um, but mostly it's like, it seemed very average, talked about his parents having big dreams, but unable to maybe reach them for one reason or another and how that did instill in him a drive. And he started it ABC as like a, on soap operas doing behind uh-huh. the scenes stuff. And he rose from there, stayed with ABC his entire career. It was bought out by Disney, stayed with the company. And he just talks about the lessons he learned from people that he interacted with, bosses, coworkers uh-huh. all along the way. As he became a higher up um, executive, he talks about interacting with creative people, different deals he made to with pixar and steve jobs i mean some really cool stories in here and it's i'm a disney fan i love disney um it's fun to hear those inside stories of like when they were struggling and the years you know he talks about the years because he was there through it all um the years when they weren't really creating great movies Uh and pixar was just killing killing it. it and um how that affected Disney, and and then how they were able to um, collaborate. Eventually, eventually Disney bought Pixar. Pixar. Um, how that deal happened. He was the CEO that would at that be so time. Interesting. It's yeah. fascinating. He he starts out the book, which I actually this part of it. I wish it was all stories like this. Mm-hmm. Although that there's a lot to learn throughout the whole thing, but. He starts out with him reading it, and then it, mm-hmm. after the first chapter, it switches to someone else reading it. Oh. I wish he would keep reading it, but yeah. I just feel like he thinks this isn't my wheelhouse. I'll give right. you a story, and then someone else and then can someone take else over. Can take it. Um, but he talks about being opening Japan Disney World
1: mm-hmm.
0: or whatever they call it, yeah. Disney World Japan. I don't know. And they all the time. It's been like. Years in the making, picking the land, developing, creating relationships with government, all the things Mm -hmm. it takes to be able to get to that point. And it's time. And they're, they have all these executives and their families in town to go to the park for opening day. They have government officials coming to the park. He has been there for two weeks. He's like, I am running on adrenaline. I'm up 24 hours a day, making sure everything is ready to go, helping the here and there and giving my support and overseeing Mm -hmm. progress. Then there's the shooting at the Orlando nightclub, very close to Walt Disney Mm -hmm. World. And he gets the call and he knows that there's going, was there any employees there? It's his first question. Two of of their employees died in that shooting. And he talks about feeling like he needed to be there, but he's over here doing this part of his job and Mm -hmm. how devastating that was, but how grateful he was for the people that they had in-house in they were wonderful and they did a great job the next day was when an alligator got oh the my two-year-old gosh. yeah and he's he talks about the devastation of getting that news and how he had to remove himself from the ceremonies so that he could grieve he was grieving That's this he knew those parts he stayed right. there many times he knew exactly where it happened and it was horrific and he and he talks about the
1: I don't real I didn't realize those two things were so close together in time. Yes. Wow. Oh wow, they're
0: opening Always, this park on the yeah. other side of the world, and he talks about speaking with the family, which mm-hmm. is normally something they would never advise you to do because of legal reasons, right? But he had to. He's like, I felt so compelled, I had to speak to these parents, and they're. When he's like, "What can I do for you? Is there anything I can do?" And they said, "Don't let this happen to anyone else." And he said, within this is he's just talking about how great the Disney people are and how mm-hmm. important it is to have good people on your team. Uh-huh. And he said, within twenty four hours, they had every like open area fenced and roped to, just remind people that there are alligators and so this they were Florida. able within yeah. 24 hours rope off and he said the amount of i mean he names the acreage and that they had it's to go a through lot. to create ropes yeah. and they pulled it off and did it because it was important to this family and uh-huh. it was important to him and it was just it was amazing and how he sat in his room and cried because he and he was unable to compose himself to go down to the ceremonies and it delayed starting ceremonies while he grieved.
1: Right. Just crazy things. Yeah. So that's one like those story. Those behind the scenes.
0: That you just don't know side things of are happening. Business. Yes. It affects. And I love, I mean, he's he seems like a very good man with a good, with good intentions. Mm-hmm. He has a business brain and certainly did things in a way that allowed success for the company. Mm-hmm. But he, he has values that he stuck with that were important to him. Mm-hmm. And and he points to that as his success, right? Like, there's right. a lot of really good business people, but they aren't good people. Yeah. And he feels like, look for the good people, because they're the ones who will Character. help you succeed. Yeah. I loved it so much. Anyway, I gave it four stars. Sounds It's a fantastic. great memoir, especially if you are interested in someone in the corporate world. He gives a really great look at
1: it. And he dealt
0: with some crappy people.
1: Yeah, I bet.
0: Anyway, it
1: was good. That sounds good. Yeah. Hey, I forgot to mention in my books, um, The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, I read right after I read Tangerine, like started it later that day. And one of the books that Sherman Alexie talks about as being one of his favorite books is Tangerine. (gasps) How crazy is that? That randomly I read those two books back to back. That is crazy. And it mentioned Tangerine in it. That is I wanted to say that because I thought it was so random. I love that. Anyway. Yeah. It kind of, those little nuggets when they show up, I'm like, you know what? I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Because Absolutely. how else? I mean, you it's so exactly random. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Reading these good books and then talking about them. So, I love it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook.
1: You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your your book Book Club.
0: club.